Chapter 6 of Kopal Kundala. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit librivox.org. Read by Yoganand. Kopal Kundala by Bankim Chandra Bhattacharjee. Translated by H. A. D. Phillips. Chapter 6. With the Kapalik. Navakumar entered the hut and closing the door, buried his head in his hands. He did not quickly raise his head again. Is this a goddess, a human being, or merely a Kapalik's magic? Navakumar breathlessly commenced to revolve this matter in his mind, but could make nothing of it. Owing to his every, Navakumar had not noticed another wonder. Before his arrival, a piece of wood was burning in the hut. Then afterwards, late at night, when he remembered that he had not performed his evening rites, then, giving up all anxiety on account of water, he understood the extraordinary aspect of the affair. There was not only a light, but rice and other things ready for cooking. Nobakumar was not astonished. He thought that this too must be the Kapalik's work. In such a place, there was no cause for astonishment. After performing his evening rites, he cooked the rice and other eatables in an earthen vessel he had found in the hut and satisfied his hunger. The next morning, he rose from his bed of skins and went towards the seashore. Thanks to his wanderings of the day before, he knew his way today without much difficulty. There he performed his morning rites and waited. For whom was he waiting? How strong Nobukumar's hope was that the enchantress he had before seen would again come there, I cannot say, but he could not leave that place. He waited long, but no one came there. Then Nobukumar began to wander in every direction, keeping close to that place, but his search was fruitless. He could not even perceive a trace of the presence of any human being. He again returned and sat down in the same place, The sun set and darkness came on. In despair, Nobukumar returned to the hut. Returning from the seashore at the evening, Nobukumar saw that the Kapalik was seated in silence on the ground inside the hut. Nobukumar at once wished him good evening, but the Kapalik made no reply. Nobukumar said, Why have I been deprived up till now of the pleasure of seeing my lord? The Kapalik said, I was engaged in the performance of a peculiar vow. Nobukumar spoke of his desire to go home and said, I don't know the way and I have no expenses. I was in hopes of seeing my master and obtaining suitable instructions from him. The Kapalik simply said, Come with me. And with this word, the ascetic got up. Nobukumar followed him in the hopes of finding some means of getting home. The light of evening had not yet faded away. The Kapalik went in front and Nobukumar behind. Suddenly, Nobukumar felt a soft touch on his back and turning round, he was transfixed by what he saw. The sylvan goddess form, with thick and luxuriant tresses hanging to her ankles, noiseless and motionless as before. Whence had that sudden apparition come behind him? Nobukumar saw that the woman had her fingers on her lips and understood that she was forbidding him to speak. Nor was there much necessity for such prohibition, for what was Nobukumar to say? There he stood filled with astonishment. The Kapalik went on in front and saw nothing of all this. When they were out of his hearing, the woman said something in a soft voice and these were the sounds that entered Navakumar's ear. Where are you going? Do not go. Return. Flee. Having said this, the speaker disappeared without waiting for a reply. For some moments, Navakumar stood dumbfounded. He was eager to follow the woman and 
but he could not make out in what direction she had gone. He thought, whose magic is this? Or am I under a delusion? These words indicate danger, but danger of what? Tantrics can accomplish everything. Then why should I flee? Where am I to flee to? Nobukumar was thus pondering when he saw that the Kapalik had missed him and was returning. The Kapalik said, Why are you delaying? When a man is in doubt what to do, he goes wherever he happens to be first called. On the Kapalik calling a second time, Nobukumar followed him without a word. Going some distance, he saw a hut with a dead wall. He might call it a hut or a small house, but we need not concern ourselves with that. Behind it was a sandy beach of the sea. The Kapalik was taking Nobukumar past the hut to the shore when, like an arrow, the woman he had seen before swiftly passed by his side and whispered in his ear as she passed, Flee! Even now! Don't you know that the Tantrics worship consists of human flesh? The sweat came out on Nobukumar's brow. Unfortunately, the Kapalik overheard these words and said, Kopal Kundala! To Nobukumar, the voice sounded like a thunder, but Kopal Kundala made no reply. Kapalik seized Nobukumar's hand and began to drag him along. At the murderer's touch, Nobukumar's blood coursed through his veins with a hundredfold more violence. His lost courage returned and he said, Release my hand. Kapalik made no reply. Again, Nobukumar asked, Where are you taking me to? Kapalik said, To the place of sacrifice. Why? said Nobukumar. To slay you, replied the Kapalik. Nobukumar pulled away his hand with all the strength he could muster and such was the force he used that any ordinary person would have been felled to the earth, much less could have held him. But the Kapalik did not even move a muscle. Nobukumar's wrist remained in his grasp and he felt as if his bones were broken. Nobukumar followed the Kapalik like one on the point of death. On coming to the sand, Nobukumar saw that a large wood fire was burning as on the day before. Round about were strewn the things required for a tantrics puja, and among them a human skull full of wine. But there was no corpse. Nobukumar inferred that he was to be the corpse. Some dry and tough stalks of creepers were already collected there, and the Kapali commenced to bind Nobukumar firmly. Nobukumar struggled with all his might, but his struggles were of no avail whatever. He found that, old as he was, the Kapali had the strength of a mad elephant. Seeing Nobukumar's struggles, the Kapalik said, Fool, why do you struggle? Your birth is today fruitful. This ball of flesh of yours will be devoted to the worship of Durga. What greater piece of luck can befall a man like you? Kapalik tried Nobukumar firmly and flung him on the sand, and then commenced to perform the rites preliminary to sacrifice. The dry creeper stalks were very tough. The fetters were very firm. Death was near. Nobukumar consigned his soul to the mercy of his tutelary god. First he thought of his native land and his happy home. Then, as the faces of his father and mother far away came into his recollection, he shed one or two tears which were sucked in by the sand. When the Kapalik had finished the rites preliminary to the sacrifice, he left his seat to get a good sword. But strange to say, he could not find it where he had left it. He was a little astonished as he well remembered having put it in its proper place that afternoon. He had not removed it since. Then where had it gone? The Kapalik looked for it here and there but could not find it. Then he went towards the hut above mentioned called Kaupal Kundala. 
but though he called again and again kopal kundla gave no answer then the kapalik sighs became red and his eyebrows were knitted as he ran towards the house nobukumar seized the opportunity and tried once more to burst his fetters asunder but his efforts were of no avail at this moment there was a tender footstep close by on the sand it was not the kapalik's footstep nobukumar looked round and saw that enchantress kopal kundala a sword was swinging in her hand kopal kundala said quiet do not speak the sword is with me i have stolen it so saying kopal kundala quickly began to cut nobukumar's fetters with the sword and in a moment released him flee she said follow me i'll show you the way so saying kopal kundala went like an arrow showing the way nobukumar leapt along behind her End of chapter 6